Welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. This is weird. I'm recording for the second time today, but I wasn't recording with you guys this morning. Uh, yeah, we're not butthurt about it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> not jealous at all. Uh, also with us is indie games editor Campbell Gill. Mark is cheating on us, and I don't think I'll ever forgive him for that. Yeah, I mean, listen, Campbell, everybody deserves a second chance. And, uh, except Mark. We're, we're gonna, except <laughs> wow. Thanks. No, uh, uh, podcast. Yes. what we are referring to is, of course, uh, the other episode of N Express we were dropping this week. Mark had uh, scored an interview with games creator... Ben, uh, oh boy, feel free to edit this, Mark. Games, ben, games director. Games director Ben Esposito, is that correct? Yes. The games director, director Neon White, and he created uh, Donut County. That's right. Ben Esposito. Uh, Mark had a great interview with him, so keep an eye on the feed for that. Um, really looking forward to listening to that, Mark. I know you're, you're, you're a fantastic interviewer, and I'm sure your questions were very relevant and very fantastic, so I'm looking forward to listening to that. Thank you. Um, no, seriously, man, listen, I, I always think back to... Um, uh, this is kind of a this is kind of a this is an N Express deep cut, but um, right after we recorded our interview with uh, with Gerard the Completionist, he he texted me like, "Man, that was legitimately some of the best uh, questions I've ever gotten in an interview." And I know that you and you and Campbell like went really hard with those. So like, you're a good interviewer. Is all I'm trying to say. I still love um, his laugh after <laughs> when he talked about the taxes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just waved uh, into my brain. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> But we're not here to talk about old episodes of N-Express. We're here to talk about the most current, the most recent, the the, the newsworthy stuff. Uh, so, of course, we're referring to the latest Nintendo Direct that just dropped, which was not a, a look at uh, games of the future. It's a look at one game coming up in a month, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Nintendo dropped a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct earlier today at the time of recording. And uh, so we, we figured we'd talk about it. It was about 20, 20 plus minutes of, uh, they talked about characters. They talked about different systems. They talked about the quality of life improvements. Uh, a lot of information to go over. What are your guys' initial thoughts about this Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct? I didn't watch it. <laughs> what? Wait, really? <laughs> no, I really, I really didn't. And here's the reason why. So way back when Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out, they they did this direct and it was half Splatoon and half Xenoblade Chronicles, mm-hmm. and I remember after watching that direct, I felt like I was more confused about some of the game's mechanics, especially when I played it. So I, I've always been critical towards Xenoblade Two, but I wanted to go in with like a fresh conscience. So I was sure. like, I'm not watching this. Like I'm sure the screenshots, the clips on Twitter, everything I saw looks great. I can't wait for it. But I, I'm not watching it. Honestly, fair. In, in fact, in our very own, uh, uh, on our Goomba Stomp uh, Slack channel, uh, a lot of the other uh, writers, editor-in-chief uh, of the site, we were, we were all kind of talking about, like, how are we feeling about this? Should we watch it? Should we not watch it? Like, as a, as a person who has 
zero skin in the game for Xenoblade, I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. I don't, I don't, I don't even care. Like, I, I will, I will, I do not care about being spoiled on the story. Um, all I know is it's a huge, huge RPG, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll learn more about this. You know, one of the biggest games of the summer. I'm like, absolutely. Um, but yeah, a couple other people on our website. Uh, other writers for the site were very much like, oh, I don't know, what do I do, what do I do? Um, so, so Mark, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from in terms of not wanting to watch it. Uh, Campbell, you said you watched about half of it. Yes, I was halfway as committed as Mark. Uh, <laughs> oh, I have a, coming at it from a similar angle to the point yes. where I also watched uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Direct way back in, I think, 2017 it was. And I remember watching it and just thinking, what's the point of doing a roughly 20 minute or however long it was 20 minute deep dive into an rpg because rpgs are just so infinitely complex right that if you try to explain all the systems and everything going on in the in the game it's not going to be an engaging presentation at that point if anything it's going to overwhelm the viewer to the point where it just doesn't even sound like a game anymore it just sounds like a collection of tasks and tools and systems i mean what is memorize. listen what is a jrpg if not a collection of tasks well, and tools and systems well i mean that's entirely true but that's not what you know gets you into um that's just the existence of those tasks, tools, and systems. It's not what gets you into the game. It's the way it feels to play them. So just talking sure. about them doesn't get you excited. It's when you actually see them in action as you have six characters on the field just murdering a bunny or whatever. Um, so, <laughs> so that's why So I did watch the direct uh, or parts of it. I watched the story segments, and then once I got through like the halfway point and they started going into the gameplay, I just kind of like highlighted the rest of the video on YouTube and just scrolled through to see the highlights. And it's like, yep, sure. they're going to talk about combat for 10 minutes now. They I really don't did, really yeah. need to watch this. Like, I skimmed through to see what the highlights were, and I was like, yep, this is Xenoblade. You know, you have the break, you have the toss, you have the the various combos, all that kind of stuff, all unaccounted for. Okay. There is a lot. There's I'm a good. lot of, like, fake British voice acting. Yes, no, that that's really what I was there for. That's why I needed to watch the story segment so I could just see how <laughs> British, how Welsh everybody was. And then when yes. one character was just like, oh, I'm uni, in it? And I was like, yes, that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> like, no notes. <laughs> please please tell me the voice acting is better than I mean, I mean, well, oh, look, I mean, it's not great, but <laughs> but Cameron, remember what Rex sounded like in Xenoblade Two? Like, no, I don't, because I've never played these well, games. Imagine reaching chalk against a wall. Well, <laughs> remember how amazing Shulk sounds whenever he screams? You know, just the power of it. And meanwhile, Rex just sounds like he's like tr trying to wake up or something. Like, uh it's awful, 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 <laughs> awful. So, like, literally. <laughs> These characters don't sound like as amazing as the the first Xenoblade, but like no voice cast ever will, in my sure. view. So it sounds decent at this. It's point. listen, like it's one of those things where I mean, obviously this is, this is a game that's gonna be like 200, 300 hours long. Who like like if you're gonna like really get into this game, it's probably gonna be hundreds and hundreds of hours long. So obviously, you know, twenty minutes of various clips is 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 nowhere close to the. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's never close to like the mm -hmm. like the depth and the exposure you're going to get to these characters over the course of the game. Um, what I heard sounded fine. I, I I mean I have no again I have zero attachment to the series, so like I don't have a lot to compare it to. What are those little? Um, okay, I'm kind of uh, showing my ignorance here. What are those little like fluffy egg shaped I was guys? About, I was about to mention them. The Napon. Napon. Okay, I remember them sounding really annoying. They were in, in the, the second one. The in first the second one, they were one. pretty. Uh, they were pretty in this good. game, they at least in this, in, in the 
in this brief clip they showed, they sounded at least not as noticeably annoying as they did in the in any previous clips I've heard. Um, I remember being like, really? That's what they? That's the voice they went with? Like in, in previous uh, clips that I've heard from that game, they sounded fine. I don't know. Um, at least it didn't sound as like aggressively, uh, you know, like high pitched and screechy. Like in um, Xenoblade Two, where they literally had like, if Scrappy Doo was even worse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't it didn't sound uh, noticeably like that to me. Um, so this is actually kind of good. So we have kind of the uh, it's very Goldilocks this this uh, this segment here. We have uh, like kind of the uh, I'm kind of like I feel like uh, Campbell's like the just right portion. I'm kind of like the yeah, give me the give me the whole direct. And then Mark's like, no, I don't want any direct. So we have you know, it's very uh, very Goldilocks. And what um, have you been begging for all these weeks? <laughs> you tell me. That's right. We got a direct, and it was not not maybe the direct that we wanted, but perhaps the direct we deserve. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this game looks interesting to me. I again have zero attachment to Xenoblade as a series. I'm I hate to break it to you guys. I'm not going to play these other games. I just who has the time? Um, literally the first been telling incredible. you to do that for a year and a half now. Two yeah, years, man. Long we've been and I've this. been uh, and I've been like <laughs> Matrix dodging the bullets of Xenoblade this entire time. Like, there's no way I'm going to drop a hundred hours into a JRPG right now. I mean, I guess if I'm not going to play Animal Crossing, you don't have to play Xenoblade. That's what so. I'm saying. Like, we're going to go with that. Um, okay. Just hurt my heart hearing both of those. Sorry. <laughs> um, Specifically designed to break Mark's heart. Well, it's, I, like, it's for I'm, getting I'm not, back at him after he cheated on us earlier. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not even, Mark, I'm not even going to tell you that the, the three JRPGs I bought last week that oh, I... Oh, no. Uh, not no, even JRPGs. you have to tell me. No, okay. Dragon's Dogma... And then Baldur's Gate one and two on Switch. I guess I guess Baldur's Gate's not a JRPG. It's more of a Western RPG. But uh, you know, and I'll, uh, and listen, I know I like I can't. I have no excuse. Um, I am gonna play Dragon's Dogma. Sorry, um, looking forward to that. Uh, but this this game going back to, to Xenoblade Chronicles three. Uh, when I was watching the story segment, I was very heavily reminded of Final Fantasy X. Um, and Mark, I won't oh, no. get deep. I imagine you're... No, 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 no. In, in terms of, like... I'm not going to get deep into, like, the story they showed. I imagine you want to go in pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in terms of... Uh, one thing they seem to really stress in the story segments is there is, like... It seems like a pretty heavy story. Um, at least based on, on what they showed. Campbell, do you, would you, like, agree with that without going into, into deep, like, plot spoilers? Okay, I'm glad that you know that same comparison, though, because, like, it did remind me of just... I got classic Final Fantasy vibes, but yes. I didn't identify, like, a specific game, but it absolutely aligns with FF10. Um, yeah, well, yeah. just in terms of, like, I, I don't know how familiar you guys with, with, are with Final Fantasy X, but uh, specifically in regards to... Um, is it Yuna, the main, the main female character yeah, in that Yuna. game? Yes. It's, it's specifically in regard to Yuna's storyline of like oh there's kind of this tragic sense of inevitability that's kind of pervading the entire plot of that game and even in the brief story segment they showed during this uh direct i was like damn i'm, I'm kind of getting some some final fantasy vibes and in a good way not, not in like a oh it's ripping it off kind of way but in like a, okay i'm very intrigued i, I thought you were i was scared you were about to say like the the titus like the laughing scene <laughs> the single most misunderstood scene in it all is. Of final fantasy is it well, is it's supposed to be bad anyway it's true i listen campbell i uh again i love james arnold taylor but that's I'm no <laughs> sidetracking myself here but um 
I actually, <laughs> I did misunderstand that scene, uh, and I, I used it as a reference in a completionist video some years back, and uh, a lot of people in the comments were like, uh, did the writer even understand this scene? And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, I, I did not. Um, oh, man, you got served. <laughs> I got served. Hey, listen, and I learned from it, and, uh, you know, now we're all better people. We uh, here we are several years later to correct the uh, misunderstanding. Um but it was also reminded of Final Fantasy XII, uh, just in the gameplay segments. Um, so Final Fantasy XII famously is is known as the Final Fantasy that that was kind of like an MMO, uh, and I'm getting a lot of those vibes from this particular game. Um, I know, Campbell. I know you didn't watch all of the gameplay segments. Do you think that tracks for for any of you? Uh, for any of the stuff that you did see? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think all of the Xenoblade games, their combat systems are reminiscent of Final Fantasy XII because of the real-time element, the way you gain sure. up on enemies and all that kind of stuff. But it's definitely they're definitely doubling down on that with FF with a I almost call it Final Fantasy Xenoblade Chronicles Three, um, sure. because <laughs> of just the fact that you have so many party members now. It kind of is like an MMO in terms of just gaining up on a single enemy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, that's what it felt like to me. At least mm-hmm. in, in the brief gameplay portions I watched. I was watching four, five, six characters. Uh, you know, one of them is casting spells and trying to heal people. One of them's off to the side, just hacking away. One of them's like way in the back, like doing a buff. Like it looked pretty dynamic, but at the end of the day, it was five characters standing around yelling stuff and numbers flashing all over the screen. Uh, which <laughs> In was, other words, it's Xenoblade. <laughs> that's Xenoblade, baby. Um, that actually kind of makes me excited if we could see all the characters on screen at once because in the previous games, you were only locked to... Um, it was three members. Yeah, three members in the original game. I don't know if two increased it. I can't even remember. But... It was funny because it's like you had all these characters in the sidelines and you just wanted to be with them at the same time. Oh, sure. Yeah, it seemed, I mean, again, I, I don't, I, I don't uh, super know, like, the history of this series. It seemed like there was a lot of characters on screen. I don't know if every character in your party is able to be out and about at the same time. I, I don't think that's the case. I could be wrong. Gotcha. Um, showing but my ignorance seven, here. There's seven characters at once. I uh, maybe I, I could be I might be misinterpreting this. Um, I think it's like six characters, and then you can have other characters attached to those six characters. I think. Or is God, it yeah. Again? I know. <laughs> listen, I, I don't want to be now. like. No, listen, I, I don't want to be you know spreading misinformation. It seemed like there was some uh, some interesting stuff going on with the party system. I liked what they showed. I really was like, oh, huh. Like the listen, you got your classic JRPG stuff. You have your healers, you have your damage dealers, you have your guy who gives the buffs. You Like, like I get that. Um, it seems like they're kind of adopting a Final Fantasy Tactics or Bravely Default job system sort of thing, which is kind of cool, uh, where your characters are within their class, they're mastering specific maneuvers and able to carry those moves into different classes. So you can, like, you can have a healer who has, like, a powerful attack move, or you can have a defender guy who also has a powerful healing group healing spell or something like that like i like the idea of being able to have a job system and then take specific skills from that system and apply them to other classes i think that's very cool um i don't know that it's anything new or noteworthy but it is cool that they're bringing it to this series um was there i mean you guys tell me educate me is there a class system a job system in previous xenoblade games 
Not no. really. Just characters had certain attributes that like right. were associated with them, but it was kind of um at least in the first game, your team was kind of malleable in a sense where you could decide your play style and tackle using certain characters in like certain ways. So I want to say no. There wasn't really a uh, a class system in a sense. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it seems like they're really leaning into that with uh, with this particular entry into the series. Um, I saw I saw three different main classes, or I, I might be misusing the word. I don't know what they call them, but I saw three different main categories of character. I saw attackers, defenders, and healers, and then within those. Uh, the characters can kind of break out into different classes, is, is what I observed. Um, again, I could be misinterpreting what I saw, but that's kind of what I saw. Um, it looks good. Uh, the story looks really intense. Um, I I thought the... And Campbell, tell me if you saw this. Did you see anyone use the launch maneuver? I did, yes. Oh my god, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I um, love that. I did mean, that is that a, a holdover from previous games? I think it's in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I want to say. Um, I think it's a like a continuation of the classic break and topple combo that you had in the original game, so now they're adding that element to it. But just seeing that enemy just spin in the air is ridiculous. so funny. Oh and my god. And it's like they it... first demonstrated it with like a giant plant monster. Like the, That's what I'm saying. The <laughs> last thing you'd imagine to be just flying through the air it's amazing so funny i i cannot wait to see if additional spell effects have have looked like that you know what i mean i was I'm, like I'm really? so okay like, so okay yeah, go on let me ask you because mm -hmm. uh, again you guys are familiar with the series i am not so from what i understand about xenoblade it takes itself pretty seriously am i am i wrong about that yes for the most part yes okay and yet we have spells. We have uh, uh, status effects like launch, where the en where like a giant screen filling enemy is spinning in the air like a centrifuge. You have these little <laughs> these little what do they fucking call the the no pond? What are they panapon? What are they called? The no pond. No pond. <laughs> you have the no pond, which are like very silly. Like uh, I mean, perhaps no sillier than like a moogle, but like I don't know. To me, they really stand out as like what is this? How does that, like I don't know? Do, do you find that it that it that it takes away from the tone of the game, or does it is it just like oh yeah, it's Xenoblade, like it all adds to it? It is well, definitely Xenoblade, but it, they they really have a delicate balance to strike with us. And in some games they do it really well, and in other games they absolutely do not. So like in the first game, in in the original Xenoblade Chronicles, there's a, the Nopon character is Ricky. And he has that stupid no-pun voice. He talks in a silly way. He's supposed to be the most annoying thing ever. But he, but he has a character having, arc. He, he has the most amazing character arc. He's a, he's a depressed single dad, basically. Like, that's amazing, <laughs> you know? But meanwhile, in other games, like Xenoblade Chronicles X, the no-pun Tatsu is just the butt of the same joke again and again for 50 hours and it gets absolutely grating and then xenoblade 3 we got what people actually see as jar jar banks i'm sorry what <laughs> what i mean that's xenoblade 3 xenoblade 2 now i'm getting everything because <laughs> you said x so then my mind immediately went to the next number mm -hmm. but uh what was his name One the mechanic things. who made the robot mm, I don't oh know. that thing uh <laughs> character poppy i think right or no 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 that was tatsu. the robot tatsu no, no tatsu no. is from x um torna no that was oh, no. toro toro 
Toro. We got there, guys. Toro was <laughs> hardcore literally the, the epiphany of what people actually think Jar Jar Binks is when he's really not. It's just it's annoying. Just so bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. But that's now, now we know. Sometimes it's beautiful and intense and serious and just plays its comedic factors for tragic effect in a way. And then sometimes it's just stupid. So. Also, I'd like to correct you, Campbell, that Uh-oh. Ricky was not a single father. Well, I know he's he actually. A, yes, I yeah, know he, he actually has, does have a wife, have but a he's wife. just alone on the mission. That's what I meant. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't. I hope the Xenoblade fandom doesn't cancel me after this or anything. But <laughs> oh man, yes. can you imagine? Yeah, I know, right? Every, everybody <laughs> with the Ricky profile picture is just coming after me on Twitter. <laughs> There's so many of them, obviously. That's so funny. Um, so yeah, I think the last thing. Um, that stuck out to me uh, was the, you know, the, the the Nintendo of it all. So this game is Amiibo compatible, which, you know, that's great. Um, I saw this part. You could just say it. And, of course, <laughs> the $30 day one expansion pass. What do we think about that? Which extends they well into 2023. Time, yeah. And it didn't work out as they thought because it ended up being an entirely separate game which worked in everyone's favor which was uh xenoblade chronicles um to i think it was called torn of the golden country that's yes. the full name of it yep. mm. yeah which ended up being like its own like 30 hour story which a lot of people ended up liking more than the original, than the original xenoblade game. chronicles yeah. too so interesting so it's so we have <laughs> we have hope for this this dlc uh Yes, especially since we're under a pandemic, I think we can expect another Xenoblade game. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> At yeah, least for so fans, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's always interesting when they when they announce the season pass, you know, long before the game is even out. You know, it's like it's one thing if like the games come out and then like that first week they're like, also there's an expansion pass, but it's like they're like, hey, uh, we know you're excited about this game. Also, uh, hope you're excited about the future. And it's like, well, we don't we don't even have a baseline. Like what are we, you know what I mean? I think, I just think it's interesting. That's all. I, I again, I have like, I have heard good things about the, the DLC for previous Xenoblade games. Mm-hmm. So like, presumably this, this DLC would be up to the same level of quality, but I do think it's interesting to, to announce it kind of alongside the release of this game. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Make of that what you will. Um, you forgot yeah. one thing, the Amiibo Please. support. Which what is you get to wield uh, Shulk's Monado. Yeah, I, great, good for good for him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I have no opinion on that. <laughs> like, great. Is that is that a thing? Is that are people excited about that? I would think so because the Monado is just an awesome weapon. So I is that like the equivalent of wielding Cloud's Buster Sword? Basically, yes. yeah. Awesome. Well, in that case, good for Monado fans. I'm very happy for them. <laughs> I hope I that mean, you have your you can bust out your Shulk. Amiibos and scan it on up. I wonder what happens if you scan the Mario Amiibo. That's what I want to know. Get a superstar. I'm sure, maybe. nothing will happen. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. I'm always curious. It's it's always interesting to see like what games are supported by which Amiibo. Um, so yeah. So that's the Xenoblade Chronicles Three Direct. Um, I will probably not be picking up this game, but who knows? Maybe if the reviews are, like, overwhelmingly amazing, then maybe I will. From what I understand, these games tend to be pretty self-contained. So maybe it's, like, a good entry point? I don't know. Probably. Supposedly, this one is going to cross all of them together. 
Oh, really? Because certain, yeah, certain characters have appeared in screenshots and trailers. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I stand corrected. Um, well, I, mean, I guess you probably for the... can appreciate it, you know. Uh, no, I'm sure. Not, listen, uh, but just not as always, much. As a yes, there's game. there's always a way to appreciate a game on its own level, like for what it is. Like, of course, there's always like that, you know, that level of appreciating a video game. Um, but of course, like for the diehards, I'm sure there's like a lot more to chew on. If it's like, oh my gosh, like they can't believe they brought back that guy, or or what, you know, like that. That I love playing a game like that. Oh, <laughs> one thing that I thought was particularly funny. So they announced, uh, Campbell, I don't know if you got to this part. They announced um, that you, there's also these, like, special characters that you can get in your party. Um, did you get to that part, Campbell? I did not, no. Okay, so there's, like, special party members that, that are not your main party. It's like, I don't know if they're, like, uh, oh, man, again, I, I, I'm, I'm showing so much of my, like, I, oh, I have no idea. There's, a, there's apparently characters in this game that appear that are uh, unique to, to, I don't know if it's unique to certain situations or if you can like call on them at certain times. Um, they're, they're like ultra powerful and they have specific moves that only that character can use or only that class can use. Uh, one of them looked so much like Dante that I started laughing. Uh, a, a character <laughs> in a cloak wielding two pistols and rapid firing, his name is Gray. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so this game is featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Incredible. Like, like, very, very funny. Um, obviously, it's not Dante. It just looked a lot like him. Like, a, kind of like a cool, edgy guy with two pistols. I was like, uh-huh. I see what you're doing. For some reason, uh, his name being Gray just seals the deal from that description. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, it has, to be, it has to be Gray. You know, like, oh, he's he's mysterious. And he he's maybe a little, little darker than the other characters. I'm like, okay. Like, sure, guys. That's what you're doing. Um... So very excited to see what the internet makes of Grey. Um, anything else we want to kind of uh, mention about the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct? Anything you're excited about? Anything you're looking forward to? Like, I think this is probably the last big piece of news about this game we're going to get before it comes out. I mean, I hope it is. <laughs> because yeah. they've already given us so much information about it. It's not quite spoiled the game at this point, but we've gotten more than enough at this point i think think i'm excited enough at this point you know they can't sell me any more than they already have right i I I just want it to be good (laughs) sure there's that yes i think that's an understandable concern um so yes it's that's our our, uh you know again uh, i apologize for my i I imagine any any xenoblade fans who are listening to this are probably extremely mad at me because i'm like i don't know is this new is this good i have no idea like i understand that my opinions about xenoblade are my own like i'm not trying to uh (laughs) trying to be the definitive uh expert on this on this series of games um We'll look for more opinions when the game finally comes out, which again is very soon, July 29th, about a month and a week away. So we are looking forward to the release of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. Maybe we're going to hear from a sponsor, and then we'll come back and talk about kind of a other fun piece of news, and then uh, that'll be that. So hang tight, and we'll be back back in a gif.
And we're back. Uh, so we uh, we uh, <laughs> before we start recording, I, I, I mentioned in a, a kind of a messy piece of news, which I, I thought was very interesting, at least worth talking about for a couple of minutes. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I thought, you know, it's such a messy piece of news, I thought it might be nice to, you know, uh, to have a word from our sponsor about uh, keeping things clean and orderly, uh, which of course, that's our, our ad for Manscaped. So, because uh, support for our podcast today is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, it's the best company in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. You're going to join over 400 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer code. Uh, 20% off, free worldwide shipping with the code STOMP, S-T-O-M-P, over at Manscaped.com. So, use that code STOMPED for 20% off, free worldwide shipping, uh, and if my math is correct, so there's over 4 million men worldwide, and uh, let's see, if we're doing the math on that, it's about 8 million balls. So we're going to keep our 8 million balls clean. Use that code, manscaped.com, S-T-U-M-P. Uh, but the reason I mentioned uh, messiness is because, <laughs> listen, here on this podcast, we love Aspire, the... ASPYR, the uh, publishing company that's making all these great Star Wars ports for the Switch. We've covered a lot of these games. Uh, the Episode 1 podcast racing game, we, Republic Commandos, we talked about somewhat recently. Uh, obviously, Star Wars Battlefront. A lot of great games from Aspire, and even non-Star Wars stuff, too. Um, I played Stubbs the Zombie, which I really enjoyed. Um, like, a lot of great games being brought over to the Switch from Aspire. Uh, and yet... There has been some news making the rounds this week. Uh, there is a bug in Knights of the Old Republic 2, which was recently ported over to Switch, that apparently makes the game un unplayable, unbeatable. Um, I don't know that it's affecting everybody who's playing this game, but there's apparently a glitch in a cutscene or something that prevents people from progressing and finishing the game. Uh, somebody tweeted at them, Hey, are you guys aware of this? What's going on? And Aspire was like, oh, yeah, we we're, we we know about that. And so the person was like, so any chance of that getting fixed anytime soon? And Aspire was like, it's a known bug. We're working on it. And it's like, <laughs> wow, this, this game's been out for a minute, and they're just acknowledging that, like, yeah, sorry, uh, for a lot of people, this game's probably unplayable. Like, oopsie-daisy. <laughs> I just think that's... Kind of, uh, kind of interesting. What, what are your guys's takeaways on that? Before, Thoughts, before I say anything, Cameron, I do want to mention. You said Battlefront before. I wish that was on Switch. We oh, is it not on time. Switch? <laughs> no, oh no, have were. we? Oh, we've yeah. talked about this. Yeah, we've uh, talked about how much every single time we talk about an Aspire title, we're like, they should bring Battlefront two to Switch. Oh, I think that's. <laughs> I think I was trying to manifest that into reality, and apparently, <laughs> I hope you do. Uh, may, you know what? Yeah, let's 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 stay positive. Let's uh, let's, let's hope that let's, my let's still say it's on Switch. Just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, it's on Switch. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, a, hopefully a playable and completable version of it. But uh, yeah, let's hope that it's on Switch. <laughs> um, yeah, this situation is baffling. It's I mean, rough, man. You would think that people who reviewed the game would have reported on this, but at the same time, they're reviewing a port, and it's a, a 50-hour game, and they yeah. have approximately, like, three days or so to create their Well, it, it, it's one of those things that calls into question... It, it's like, it, it's what you just said, Mark. It, it calls into question, like, okay, so people who were, like, actually reviewing the game, did they, like actually review the game or do they just like ah it's a port like i can i can kind of give the big takeaways from the switch version and then kind of write off the rest like 
I wonder if a lot of people did that, or is it possible that some people who did review this port simply didn't reach that, like, like didn't hit that bug? You know, it's like, mm. like I can't imagine this bug is affecting everyone. Or is, it, or do yeah, you think this it's is also these are games with like ten different endings? Like, they are games. You know, they, who knows these are games. This, Let it be known. You know, that's a shocking. This guy could have reached any ones. ending. <laughs> that's true. So. <laughs> That, that's the other part of it, too, is, like, obviously, it's a huge RPG. Like, there's a lot of different factors that go in. And that's, like, that's kind of the tricky part with uh, with doing bug testing for this sort of an experience is, like, a lot of the times you can't recreate the situation that would lead you to a bug like that. Like, that's that's a huge part of QA is, like, doing every possible combination that you can even fathom to, to hit a very specific situation. Like, I remember reading stories about people who were doing QA for Red Dead Redemption, and it's like, okay, uh, uh, climb on your horse holding a shotgun uh, while wearing this outfit. And, like, doing that for, like, dozens of hours uh, to, to make sure that nothing weird would happen. And, and again, stuff, of course, bugs would still happen because it's a giant game with a million, a million or more uh, uh, factors to consider. So it's like... Obviously, you can't hit every single bug. What do you think about the response from the company to be like, uh, we're working on it? Like, do you, I don't know. Do you take it with a grain of salt? Is it just kind of like cut them some slack? Like, what, what do we think about this? They said it was uh, a known issue. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they released the game anyway, knowing yeah. that there was a bug in there that rendered the game unplayable. Now, everything yeah. that you said about the importance of QA absolutely holds true. But the, the problem is that QA does not make the decisions about when a game is released. So I'll, I'll bet that some poor QA tester, you know, spotted this bug, but they had marketing oh, sure. objectives to meet. They had to release the game on time. They had to capitalize on, you know, Obi-Wan's happening right now. They need to get Star Wars games out <laughs> now. Like, I'm sure all these various timelines timelines are going on. They just had to get it out now. And it just showed that business decisions, most likely, you know, just... Uh, force the game out at the cost of quality here and just seeing this response of them being like sorry we're working on it as if it's a minor bug that is kind of annoying rather than something that renders the product incomplete it's quite baffling to see frankly I'm sure the team yeah. behind this port is also like minuscule considering Aspire is currently working on a Knights of the Old Republic remake mm -hmm. and so it's a port I'm sure like too. no one yeah I'm sure not many people were working on this one yeah, but that also means that it's not like they had to design an entire game or anything. That they is just true. had to get yeah. it running on Switch. So the focus should have been on QA and making sure that it ran well and, you know, it looked good and all that kind of stuff. So, again, just strange for this to fall through the cracks and then for Aspire to treat it in such a apparently nonchalant way, just saying, like, we're working on a solution, we're aware of it. Please be patient. Yeah, while your game I, is broken. <laughs> I think it's the I think it's the kind of the blase like attitude towards it that, that really gets me like because they could have said like oh my gosh like we're aware of this issue we're working hard to fix like and maybe and truthfully maybe they don't care like obviously like whatever like they're probably porting they're porting lots of games this could very well be a footnote in all the stuff they have to work on but it is it's the it's the lackadaisical like yeah it's known like don't worry about it that attitude is very like wow like that's pretty 
seems kind of egregious to me, but what do I know? You could still buy this game on the eShop right now. It's still up. Yeah. And, like, meanwhile, you know, to choose probably, you know, a much bigger example of, like, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, Remember that? That yep. came out, oh, and yeah. that got delisted, but you could still finish the game. I mean, it was broken mm-hmm. as heck, but you could still complete the campaign. It's not like the game was completely unplayable. There was, there was so much wrong with it, but you could still beat it. You know, apparently... Coder 2 is even more broken than that if you can't even see the game through to its conclusion. Yeah, so. that seems seems bad, man. It do. Uh, it do seem bad. Um, I don't know. Do you think that color... Listen, I, I, I personally am very excited for the Knights of the Republic remake for the PlayStation 5. Uh, I, I can't remember if it's coming to Series X as well, but I know it's like a, like yeah, a next-gen... exclusive. It's, it's yeah. an exclusive, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited for this kind of next-gen, or I guess current-gen reimagining of this old game. I'm very interested in that. But at the same time, now it's got kind of a great big asterisk to be like, oh boy, like if they didn't care about this bug, will there be other bugs that they don't care about? Like it it kind of does make me wonder, or do you think it's going to be like, no, no, we want to show off like how good we are. So we're going to work extra hard. No, they're going to, they're going to get this fixed. It's yeah, I, I would hope so. I think it's just, you know, I feel like people maybe taking this out of proportion like maybe the tweet just reads that way. i haven't seen the tweet myself i've only heard about it but i think maybe just like it re- you know it just reads wrong you know yeah but i wouldn't be i wouldn't be too worried because with the other star wars games there were even some bugs at launch and they addressed them all for the most part yeah so mark you have confidence that this bug will be addressed yeah i mean it's also it's a weird situation because knights of the old republic 2 was made by aspire and the other versions of the game are infamously known for having bugs that like players have literally modded to fix. So sure. this game is in a little bit of a, a weird situation. The, I think the bigger problem to me that people keep bringing up is that to play the upcoming, uh, the Sith Lords restored DLC where they're adding content back into the game that was initially cut. You have to start a new save file right we didn't even talk that, about that yeah, that to me is way bigger of a problem like yeah. that's something uh people aren't really talking about yeah well this is why this is why we have mark on the show is to t- is to talk about the things that no one else has the balls <laughs> to talk about uh yeah that is interesting uh interesting to say the least um so again i have not played the original version of this game Presumably, that's not a thing you had to do in the original version. You could just kind of like crank through it. You don't have, you wouldn't have to start a new file. Yeah, well, the original, the content wasn't in the original version, right? So, yeah, it's just. Oh it's no, weird. I see what you're saying. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. just it playing is, the game right now, and they're expecting yeah. to be able to play this DLC. And Aspire is like, yeah, you actually have to restart your entire save file. Yeah, and it's that's that's messed up, <laughs> especially for a, a huge game like this. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the yeah. guy who beat it or didn't get to because the bug, I wonder if he knows about that <laughs> or she or whoever. Yeah, exactly. Also, breaking news as we're live, uh, oh. Taiko no Tatsunijin Rhythm Festival has just released a, uh, a new trailer with a release date, Campbell. <gasps> oh, yeah, this is so exciting. Oh, and it's got it a, is, and it's got it's a, coming out September 23rd. And it's got oh a drum. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Wow. I'm going to miss my mom's birthday so I can play that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> of course, That's how it essential. goes. Be mm-hmm. jamming out to The Legend of Zelda. No time for that. Oh, my God. 
literally Taiko no Tatsushin, the perfect game series. It's just brilliant. I mean, playing Taiko to the Attack on Titan main theme is just brilliant. So good. Mm-hmm. It's much uh, better than <laughs> your game being entirely broken when you're trying to finish Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, too, it's, it's uh, you know, it's not ideal. Uh, but let's let, listen. Let's use this app. Let's use this as an opportunity to transition to something else. Uh, Campbell, you mentioned uh, amazing themes of video games. Yes, and, sir. Uh, uh, you know what else has an iconic theme? A truly iconic theme. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hell yeah. And we've all been playing a little bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It's so uh, good. It's, it's good. so good. And it's good, and I think it starts with the amazing theme. Loved that throwback theme song right there in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Loved the animation. Loved seeing all of my boys uh, have a great time uh, hearing about their individual characteristics over the rockin' theme song of mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, okay, I gotta know. Did you guys grow up with the turtles? Are, are this, is this yes. like a me thing? Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure okay. how... I wasn't okay. sure how my earliest yeah. memories are like sitting down and watching TMNNT every Saturday morning. Like, yeah. it's been with me as long as I've been alive, basically. <laughs> I would occasionally watch... Uh, I forgot what channel would re like re do reruns of like the original 90s show. Sure. But um, I, I can't even remember which one aired after Sonic X, but occasionally, like, my brother and I would watch an episode here or there mm -hmm, while sure. it was just, like, on. But, uh, no, it's actually funny. I saw, um, at summer camp, I saw the original movies. Oh, oh awesome. That was, like, my big, yeah, yeah, that was my big, uh, experience wow. with Ninja Turtles. So you, so you had Go Ninja, Go Ninja Go, uh, just on repeat, I'm sure. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> iconic uh song in the middle of those movies man the secret of the use man okay that's really taking me back but uh but we're not talking about we're not necessarily talking about uh those movies so i guess my my uh because to me the turtles were such a 90s thing i wasn't but i know that they've been making turtle stuff forever like they they came out oh, in yeah. the 80s originally like mm -hmm. as kind of a riff on other comics at the time um and i know they've been making turtle stuff for a long, long, long time, and and into the two thousands, I think as recently as uh, a couple of years ago, there was a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So like, the Turtles have always been one of the more popular properties that's like around. Um, so the fact that this game is specifically a reference to the Super Nintendo, uh, what the freak is that game called? Turtles um, in Time. Turtles in Time. It's interesting that. That, that 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 is the touchstone for this particular game. Um, not any of the new stuff. They're like, no, we specifically want to evoke that nostalgic feeling of playing Turtles in Time. Uh, did that like land for you? Like, is it like how, how do you how do you guys appreciate that? I mean, or, if, it, or do you appreciate it? I mean, I do appreciate it, but it's more in yeah. like an intellectual sense, just because uh, the nineteen eighty seven cartoon aired thirteen years before I was born. So it's not the era of turtles that has any sort of nostalgia connection for me. Although I did see some reruns and stuff on of the the eighties and nineties cartoon growing up. I mostly grew up with the two thousands iteration, which was a lot more like streamlined and sleek and modern looking, or whatever you want to call it. And then going through a whole bunch of different subplots that are entirely unrelated to the 80s and 90s iterations but um 
I, it, what I really appreciate about it, though, is that this is coming from Dadimu and Tribute Games, which are two of, I think, the companies leading the charge for the beat-em-up renaissance that's going on sure. right now. With Scott Tribute Pilgrim. Games doing Scott Pilgrim and Dadimu doing Streets of Rage 4. Um, so I think it's Campbell. So, can we have can we have yes. one podcast where you don't mention Streets of Rage Four? No, <laughs> no, you can't. Either that or the Genesis, you know. Um, but unfortunately, I'm gonna have to mention it because just there's so so many cool parallels. I was playing the game with Mark right before we recorded, and I oh, Streets awesome. of Rage Four. Wow! Uh, so. Thanks for the invite. It's fine. <laughs> there's no crossplay, is there? No, there's no crossplay. I'm, no, no cross I'm just me- I'm just that's, messing. I'm just messing. That's on you then. But no. That's fine. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it didn't land on me, but uh, from a historical standpoint, I think it's so cool that they're going back to the era of the cartoons that aligned with what is still regarded today as one of the greatest beat-em-ups ever made with Girls in Time. So I think it's a really nice nice tribute, so to speak. I didn't have that connection to Turtles in Time, but I did grow up playing the original Ninja Turtles arcade game because they had that in The Simpsons. Yeah, that and the Simpsons arcade game is what they had at my summer camp. And we always had like this hour period where we'd get to go to this one location where they had it there and everyone would try and blitz through the entire game. Nice. Impressive. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the oh, those games are so good, guys. Like, I wish I could explain to you. One of these days, listen, you know, when E3 comes back, maybe next year, who knows, uh, and you guys come out to L.A. To, to, to go to this video game convention, uh, there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of barcades in LA. One of them's downtown that like definitely has all of those old arcade cabinets. Simpsons arcade game, you know, Ninja Turtles, X Men, and it's we're gonna have a blast. Because uh, like the ideal way, and uh, you guys alluded to this earlier, the ideal way to play these games is with your buds. Um, I've been playing it solo on Game Pass, and it's fine. It's fine. Like I can appreciate it. The graphics are amazing. It's really fun, but like so much, this game would be ten times as fun with a co-op partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm assuming you guys, uh, how many? Like, how, how was the co-op experience for you? Like, I imagine it's like so much better. Oh, it was really. Oh fun. yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, to keep talking about all the fun we had without you, Karen. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it yeah was please, great. yes, yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> but but like I've literally played through the whole campaign too. Two and a half times now. I was going on a third run uh, right before we uh, recorded, but um, I played through the whole campaign that many times, single player. <laughs> like I still think it's super fun just playing alone because the the mechanics are so solid. The more you play, the more you get to terms with each character, and you just you're going for higher combos, all that kind of stuff. It's classic arcadey fun on my own, but the the multiplayer experience was definitely the way to go about it. Like. Uh, the connection we were playing online. The connection was super solid. Um, everything about it was it was just really great. That's really all I can say about it. That's awesome. Um, uh, you can't, uh, Mark, same thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I started playing uh, single player, and then I finally got to play the Campbell, and I was like, ah, the optimal experience. <laughs> it just kind of clicks, you know. Yeah, it just it's, it felt more natural. Yeah. I mean, if you're not yelling at each other about who gets the pizza, uh, you're not really playing a TMNT <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a that's a much like the turtles themselves, a, a crucial uh, component of the TMNT experience is who gets the pizza. Uh, I have to ask, who is your favorite character 
Not one of the turtles. Yeah, not one of the turtles. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. So I played through the whole campaign the first time as Donatello, uh, which is, he was a fine character. He's got some range and everything, but that's about it. Um, Whereas my favorite character is absolutely April O'Neil. Like she's got, she's so fast. Like you can zip from one side of the stage to the other. That even though she doesn't have as much attack power as any of the other characters, she can just hit so quickly it doesn't even matter. Like it, it was so cool. The first time I played her for the uh, after completing the campaign as Donatello, it just felt like an entirely different game. Almost so fast paced, so hectic. Uh, it's solid and she also has some of the best taunts and animations as well like when you finish the stage she just literally does a mic drop which i think is very uh, fitting incredible the the taunts are good the taunts are extremely good uh mark what about you i've been going as splinter because i started playing as um i think i started with michelangelo i think it was i played as Mm. um yeah michelangelo and leonardo and i was just like no Raphael fans (laughs) what Oh, Raphael's yeah. the only character I didn't actually play yet. What is wrong with everyone? Raphael's yeah, the best Ra- one. I didn't play as Raphael in April O'Neil, but um, Splinter clicked the most with me. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Mark, I could see that being the, the wise sensei uh, to to the to us ragamuffins. Um, I was going to uh, say, who would be each of the Ninja Turtles if we all played? Uh, listen, uh, that's a great question. I love Raphael. I don't think I'm a Raphael uh, because he's way too cool and edgy for for me, uh, for me to like accurately embody him. I feel like I'm more of a Leonardo, to be honest, which is fine. You're the cool uh, leader, then. Maybe that, or maybe I'm a Splinter. I don't know. I could be. No, I don't think. Again, I don't think I'm like mysterious enough to be Splinter. It's all like out there for me. It's all. It's you know what I mean. It's like there's no mystique. I'm just like yeah, I'm out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm more of a Leonardo. Um, Mark, I feel like, what's, well, who's Mark? Mark might be, again, I think we said Splinter. I think I kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark might no, be Rick, Casey Rick Jones. Rick is oh, definitely Jones. Splinter. Oh, you think Rick's Splinter? Rick oh, yeah, Rick is, is definitely Splinter. Right. Yeah. Rick is Splinter, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Ricky D, our e- editor of the website uh, and uh, former host of this podcast. Yeah, he's definitely Splinter. Um, yeah, Mark, I feel like you, uh, I can see you as Casey Jones. Uh Kind of like the cool, like, bad boy who's from, like, who's, who's that guy? Like, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, yes, when I think of Mark, I think of, wow, oh, he's such a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining I, this, him wearing this, a ski mask or something. That's what, do we, do we not of, think of Mark uh, that way? <laughs> which which turtle is the one who's good at machines? Why am I going blank? Donatello? Donatello. Donatello, yes. I was about to say Michelangelo for some reason. No, Mark, he's a party dude. Yeah. No, am I wrong? Right, right, yeah, right. He's right, a party right, dude. Right, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mark's not Mikey. I don't think so. No, no, Campbell. I feel like you're Mikey. I'm Mikey. I thought I was Donatello or something because I'm a dork. But... You yell all the puns and stuff. Oh. That's what I'm saying. You're more of a party dude. You're more of a. You're more like a, I'm gonna bring the levity. Like I, that's kind of how I. Uh, not to put not to put you in a box or anything, but I, I feel like that's the <laughs> the vibe I get. That's brilliant. Um, that's a first happy time to I've be... ever been a party dude. So that's fantastic. you're a party dude, man. Like you gotta own it. Woo! Grab some nunchucks. <laughs> oh yeah, um, just got them lying around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we should we should talk more about this game. Um, it's a beat 'em up. It's very much in line with uh, Streets of Rage as, Four, as, as Campbell had mentioned <laughs> earlier. Um, Streets of Rage, Scott Pilgrim. 
Uh, extremely polished. Uh, it feels really good to play. It feels incredible to pull off the combos and the and the different moves you can do. Um, every character's move set is like different enough to, to make every character feel distinct. Um, it's not like you're just palette swapping these characters. They all really do feel different to play, which is pretty cool. Um, the collectibles and secrets are like fun to find in every stage. Um, it's surprisingly funny. Like the like the, oh, yeah. the visual like language of the game is very funny, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, like watching the Foot Clan just like go about their business, and then you just come in and wreck them is Honestly, is very like, good. It made me feel bad for destroying I all know. of them. Like they're just working their part time jobs at the do, mall. They're, they're just, just trying to do. <laughs> just trying to make ends meet, working at minimum wage in a fast food stall, and then I come in and just explode oh all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. And, but um, then one of them tries to run you over with a car, and then you're like, okay, you deserve to die. So, Sorry, sorry, random ninja. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good. Uh, did you guys... Um, again, I don't, I'm not... When you play games like this, like, I don't know how you play them, uh, were you guys trying to chase the achievements? Were you, like, kind of letting the challenges go by the wayside? Like, how did you feel about the, the integration of those? You know, they have a lot of challenges and achievements and stuff in this game. And this is something that Mark and I were talking about, again, while we were having such a blast earlier. Um, but uh, the thing uh, that sure, they have yes. with each level is each level has, like, specific achievements and things like, oh, get to the lo- end of the level without getting hit by an obstacle or, you know, complete the level without getting hit or anything like that. Those objectives are not very clearly communicated to you before you start playing that level like you have to pause and look at the pause menu to see what they are right which is kind of a bummer because there are so many times where you just are playing the game and then you suddenly get hit and then like there's a little red notification where it's like you failed this objective like i didn't even know i was supposed to be doing even know yeah exactly (laughs) so it's a bummer but technically that is an incentive to replay the levels which it's a beat-em-up you're going to replay every level dozens of times anyway so it's not too yeah, exactly. Too bad of a thing. And it was nice to replay the campaign, whether in story mo- mode or the arcade mode, and know that I have those challenges uh, to look forward to as well. Right. It would be nice to have, like, maybe at the start of a level, just like, a, hey, here's three optional objectives, like, boom, 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 just, like, appear in the corner and then disappear, yeah. like, that kind of thing. They already have a starting screen for each level that shows the silhouette of the boss that you'll be fighting anyway. So right. it's easy to put, like, some bullet points or whatever on the side of the screen. But, again, that's a very nitpicky complaint, um, and it's fun to go after those challenges when you uh, play through the campaign again, which is exactly what I did. Well, there you go. Um, how... Uh, oh, sorry, I just had a total... You ever start a sentence and then it just, like, brr, just goes away? Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, Campbell, you said you played through the campaign, uh, campaign more than once. Um, do you see yourself, like trying to do everything that this game has to offer kind of probably not <laughs> just sure. because of, it's a lot yeah there's a lot of it and some of these challenges are pretty intense or things where it's like you know complete a level without getting hit which is kind of a lot like i could do some of that probably for some levels but there are other levels especially towards the end of the game where there's just they're just throwing so much at you at once you know i don't right. know how much i can keep track of all of that and some of them are tied to multiplayer as well which again that's a definitive way to play the game but it's not like you can just always have somebody to play with every single time so right. you know it's all dependent on those factors 
actors. But it, it, I will say, though, like, normally I would be like, no, I'm not a completionist at all. I wouldn't even think about completing every single thing in the game. But I've just been having such a blast playing through the game. Even if I just play a level over again without any particular objectives in mind, I'm still having fun because the mechanics are so solid. Everything is so satisfying. The visuals are so charming. It's just fun to play through the game to the point where... I'd be like, you know, hey, I don't realistically see myself 100% getting the platinum, whatever, but I could totally see myself trying at the very least. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, Campbell, I have no doubts about your ability. I, I feel like you could do it if you put your mind to it. I, I, have, I, have, I have every confidence in you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Mark, what about you? You see yourself uh, putting more time into this game, like maybe with your brother? Or oh, something? yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely, awesome. absolutely. When we have the multiplayer time, 100%. It's a lot of Man, fun. It's... I really like it. And I haven't played a beat-em-up in quite um, some time. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we, we had uh, we had the uh, the WayForward guys on a few weeks ago. Or <laughs> like, it was probably a few months ago, I guess, at this point. Um, my expertise in playing. Well, no, no, but but, but it was... <laughs> but, uh, no, Campbell, oh, or Mark, I, was, I wasn't saying that to rip on you. I wasn't saying that to rip on you, but I, I was... I uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, no, I was mentioning that just to be like... Um, it, it feels like, at least to me, the last game of this caliber to kind of come out was perhaps River City Girls Zero. So to, so to have another, like, really polished, really incredible beat-em-up, um, mm -hmm. is, it's, it's, it's just a nice, uh, it's just nice to see more of them. And obviously we got River City Girls 2 coming out, uh, later this summer. So there's like, it feels like we're kind of in a renaissance of that genre, which is nice because, mm -hmm. um, it is one of the most fun types of game to play. Uh, if you have, you know, the people to play it with, you know? As as you know, Cameron, there are two expertise I have above all of you. Mm. Uh, River City and DuckTales. Yes, and <laughs> way forward, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Oh, my uh -huh. God. <laughs> oh, Mark, don't be too hard on yourself. Um, so, yeah, so <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, it's great. Um, it's a blast. The multiplayer is super good. Um, again, it's on everything. You can play it on Switch. Uh, without me, it's fine. Uh, it's, available on, <laughs> it's available on Game Pass as well. Uh, there's lots of different characters to play as. There's lots of like difficult objectives if you want to kind of get into the weeds of it. But if you just want to like have a blast with your friends, you can kind of cruise through it at your leisure with multiplayer mode. I imagine uh, it's just Campbell and I. There's a picture of us just yelling at a TV. And then there's a picture of you, Cameron. Just like slouched in a chair with like one. Piece no, of Mark, you know what it is? It's uh, it's it's you got. It's like everybody inside having fun, like eating pizza, drinking soda, like playing this game, and then it's just me at the window with like one hand on the glass, like <laughs> like. That's what it is. While a sad uh, piano of version of the TMN. Yes. So yeah, the screen like slowly zooms in to me, like outside the door, like huh. Um, tea lopes in the corner just serenading you with sad tea <laughs> uh, that's how it is um, Which, speaking of the music though before we wrap this up I yes need to yes mention again this is literally like the it has to be the best soundtrack of the year so far like it is so 
so good. T. Lopes, composer of Sonic Mania, which is also a fantastic soundtrack, did a phenomenal job with the music in Shredder's Revenge, where not only does it have like a dozen remixes of the TMNT theme strewn throughout it, but it also has like hip hop and rap in there too, to the point where like the final boss themes were just like mind blowing to me of all the different like references and stuff they got crammed in there. They literally have a verse from the Wu Tang Clan in here. Like it's. So, I heard about this. So yes, good. yes, yes. Yes, and when that track started playing, like it was so so hype inducing. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I so, love it. And there you go. That's that's my token music call out there. I so. yeah. No, listen, Campbell. I always appreciate hearing uh, your thoughts on the soundtracks of games because you have you have strong opinions about those kinds of things. Yes, um, of uh, which is you know, listen, we we need more of those. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. I think it'll. I think it'll. It might. I don't know. Obviously, we're only halfway through the year. There's a lot of stuff to come. Uh, but I think I think it's definitely one of the strongest offerings on Switch um, to come out in the last couple of months for sure uh between that and neon white i think indie games are having an extremely good year mm-hmm. um on the switch and not to mention like the dozens of other games we've played over the last couple of months but uh, i think the, these two in particular uh neon white and Treasure revenge really good. Yeah. really good stuff guys uh so yeah if you're if you're a fan of indie games like you are eating good uh right now as we wait for you know bigger games like splatoon 3 and xenoblade chronicles 3 to to come out yeah. Um, if you're a fan of indie games like uh, Streets of Rage 4, then you will absolutely love Shredder's Revenge. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think you're right about that, Campbell. Uh, Campbell, you're writing about this game for the site, right? Yes, sir. And there should hopefully be a review up around the time this show goes live. Excellent. Uh, so keep keep an eye out for that. We, we, we could probably call it there. Anything else we got to uh, uh, mention about Shredder's Revenge uh, or the Turtles in general before we call it a, a night here? It's real good. It's real good. It's real <laughs> I, good. I hope there's a DLC where the, um, you know, where Stephen Amell and the uh, Michael Bay Ninja Turtles show up. Oh my god! <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh, that would be no, absolutely not. <laughs> what a reference! That would be awesome. But but like pixelated, you're saying? Yes. I don't even. No, I'm imagining no. like photorealistic <laughs> versions of them alongside the pixelated characters. Cowabunga! It is. Yes, that would be extremely oh good. Um. So we'll call it there. Uh, go play Turtles. It's extremely good. I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on Goomastomp.com. I uh, recently wrote a review for The Quarry, an excellent game that I played uh, over on my PlayStation 5, not a Nintendo console, but don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so you can read my review of that. I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. And Mark, where can people find you? Find me at the Markel. That's Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me over on Twitter and Instagram, up on the website for GoomaStomp.com. Right now, I have stuff on Neon White. Of course, you can always check out the second episode of the show going live this week, where I talked with Ben Esposito all about the game. Great time with him. Over on TiltMagazine.net, our sister site, we have uh, Umbrella Academy coverage that I did and Obi Wan Kenobi. So you can go check those out. There is a lot of great TV out there. Uh, Mark, not Mark, Campbell, your turn. Where, 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 where can we find you? You can't find me wherever Mark is, um, but yeah. you can yeah. find me. Yeah, playing Stomp. playing multiplayer Ninja Turtles together. Don't worry about <laughs> it's it. It's true, fine. yes, with, without Cameron, as always. Yeah. But um, you can find me over at Goombastomp.com, where all my games writing lives. Um, there, my most recent article is a little write-up uh, summarizing some of the best announcements from the Gorilla Collective that happened a few weeks ago. And like we mentioned before, keep an eye out for my written review of TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. And if you want to catch up with me on social media, 
media. You can find me on Twitter at Campbell S. Gill, uppercase CSG. Lovely. Uh, I want to uh, call attention to what Mark mentioned earlier. We do have another episode coming out this week. Interview with Ben Esposito, game director of Neon White, the indie game that will probably win Indie Game of the Year come probably at this Game point. Awards time. So, like, please give that a listen. Uh, and... Uh, you know, give it a, a like and a review if you're so inclined. Uh, Express is also on social media. We're on Twitter as at Express Nintendo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Teenage